Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to Tech Interviews. This week I assemble together the IT Avengers to discuss the main challenges facing business IT. So settle back, enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to Tech Interviews. Uh, and this week's the first of a couple of episodes I'm doing where I just wanted to try and get a little bit of an idea of the current state of the IT industry and, and some of the challenges that, uh, that the, the business world is facing and, and how people in IT are, are helping businesses to overcome some of those challenges. Uh, so the way I'm going to do that is have a couple of shows here with, um, with a guest panel. So uh, a range of people I know from the IT industry and the IT community who spend their time working on, on solutions for, uh, for the multitude of business customers. So, uh, so in part one of this, uh, this cunningly entitled IT Avengers Assemble podcast, uh, I'm joined by uh, three guests who've all been guests on the podcast before, uh, so are, who are welcome returning guests uh, to just to help me kind of get this uh, this idea of the, the current state of the IT industry. Um, so, what I'll do first though is ask these uh, three gentlemen to introduce themselves uh, and tell tell uh, the listeners a little bit about who they are and what it is they do. Hi. So uh, my name is Mark Colton. I'm the Group Technical Manager at Concord Technology Group. Um, my job is looking after the technical direction and strategy of the business, uh, helping customers um, realize what, what's happening within the industry and, and going out and speaking and evangelizing about products. Um, I spend a lot of time working with companies designing new solutions and um, hearing what their challenges are today in the market. Hi Paul, yeah, it's Michael Cade, so I'm a technical evangelist at Veeam Software, so I guess coming from the background around the data centre world, um, moving more into the availability market with Veeam, um, yeah, what I do is, is really speak speak to the audiences at various conferences, different data centre conferences, but really it's about evangelising that, that Veeam message out there to the, to the greater IT community. Uh, Mike Andrews, so I'm a, a technical solutions architect from NetApp, so I focus on three areas really, uh, cloud uh, being one of them, which is uh, the, the bulk of my time, um, snap center, which is our backup, uh, backup suite, and object storage. So typically um, I work as an overlay to the SE function, um, so working with those first, the, the, sort of the uh, deeper technical uh, requirements that they don't have answers to and also helping customers to architect solutions. Okay, thanks, Mike. So, um, so yeah, so uh, so three guests with very varying backgrounds, and uh, and I'm hoping varying experiences, because uh, because these will be really short shows if everybody just says the same thing. So, um, but uh, so so what I'm going to ask the guys really is to just get an idea of the kind of challenges that they see their customers. So, kind of the number one priority that their uh, their customers, the, the businesses they work with, uh, are currently focused on, um, and just to get an idea of of what they see and and how people are at, at starting to address those. Uh, address those challenges then when we've done that we're probably going to wrap up with a little bit about the things that these guys see as kind of the next stage of where those customers go and the next challenge that they they might be looking to take on so um so first up with that question then uh, i'd like to ask mark mark so what is it um what are, what are the challenges that you're seeing with your customers you know what, what's kind of the number one priority that they're focused on so um with customers that i'm talking to today it, it seems to be quite varied but the one of the main challenges is, um, is is the direction that they're taking to the cloud and how they're actually um, moving into that space um, and where they can utilize it and what's right for their business. So it, it, everyone's wanting to do like work in the cloud or they're wanting to 
uh, they think that's best for their business. They're either going to save money or they're going to uh, really find a, a, a new solution and, and get rid of all that on-prem uh, on-premises kit. But um, one thing that I, I, I'm finding at the moment is going in there and having like workshops with them is starting to open their eyes on what's really right for their business. Um, one of the ways that I'm doing that and one of the ways I believe this is changing with industry um, is how the conversation is starting to change. It's not really that challenge of how do they move to the cloud, what do they do and how do they do it, but it's helping the customers understand what they're doing with their business, how they're using data and how they're using that to be able to benefit their uh, businesses moving forward. And I find that's starting to shape that cloud conversation a lot more. And I, I, mean, I think that's an interesting point as well, because the, 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 the challenge that uh, I think we see often is that, you know, people want to grasp a technology, whether it's cloud or something else, uh, and often don't necessarily think about the whys of doing that. Um, you know, I mean, is that, is that something that, that Michael and Mike, is that is that the kind of thing that you guys see as well, that sometimes people are looking for these migrations, but maybe don't necessarily think about um, a, a, about the actual point of doing a migration in the first place? Yeah, I mean... From, from what I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of this uh, where customers are saying that we're moving to the cloud or they've started that, that journey to the cloud. Um, a lot of the time, actually, because it's been mandated upon them, but when they get there, they realise that things aren't quite as straightforward as they anticipated, things that they took for granted um, in, in a world where they own their own data centre and they own the software that sits there, don't exist in the cloud. So, uh, for example, I was, I was starting with a customer the other week who's had challenges around failing over into AWS and I think um, that's where the bulk of my time is spent enabling those customers to get to the cloud um, but but but, but use it, leveraging the capabilities that they're used to today. So yeah I, I guess from my my point of view is we're seeing a bit of a mix around the migration you're either getting the C-levels filtering it down to the IT teams about you must start using a public cloud offering and that's kind of prompting the IT teams to, to look into that migration piece. Or you've got the IT teams actually being being proactive and looking at how best they can put that workload into the public cloud. And the ones that are getting drip fed that from their C-levels tend to be the ones that migrate let's say a Windows virtual machine up into Azure or AWS and it's not necessarily the most cost effective and right way of doing things whereas the IT teams that are actually sitting down planning that that workload migration the workload migration rather than the the actual system being migrated because there's to be honest that, that sure there's certain um, scenarios where yeah you need a full-blown Windows box up in that public cloud to run the application that you you require but Ultimately, that database as a service type offering that they have services built into these public clouds that can get you away from that big overhead. And I think that's where I'm seeing a lot of that confusion, if you like, or that's where that I'm seeing a lot of differences between different customers out there. Yeah, and I think that that's interesting, that idea actually of, of workload migration rather than moving infrastructure. And Mark, so, you know, you, you, uh, as you brought this up, you know, is that is that the kind of thing that um, you're talking to your customers about? You know, focus on kind of the end goal and the service that you want from that cloud provision as opposed to the idea of, uh, you know, I want to pick up some infrastructure and move it to AWS because I've just been told that's what I'm supposed to be doing. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's really exactly the, the conversations that we're having. Um, I say I've been talking to some customers lately, and they were very much we want to go to a public cloud provider, and it was they were adamant that we're going to a public cloud provider, but they didn't know how or what and and things. So what we've looked at is how we actually um, deliver this as a service first, or meet that end goal. So a lot of the time, what we're working with customers on at the moment is that proof of concept. It's it's making sure we understand what they want as their end goal, what they want to deliver to their business, and how they access their data. How is it? How is it that they want it uh, accessible to their end users? They want less disruption, uh, or make it as little disruption as possible when they're starting to implement this. So. Uh, and, and these changes, they don't want to retrain. They want it a bit like a like for like for what they've got on site now. So being able to take that conversation to the end goal and then work backwards to how you'll actually deliver the solution is really how you should. How I'd say we're approaching every everywhere um, every customer at the moment because I think a lot of businesses are doing this, but it is that end goal first. Work out what you want, and then we'll we'll put the technologies in place afterwards. And are you seeing that that's, um, you know, I suppose you, you kind of jumped, jumped in a little bit to what I was going to ask you there. But, I, you know, it's because I suppose one of the things is how are customers addressing this kind of issue where they're looking to make, make this migration, but maybe not thought it through. But is that is that kind of the way that they're embracing it? And is that where you're seeing success that if they can turn that thinking around to view the end goal, look at the service that you're trying to achieve, as opposed to worrying about, can I can I create some virtual machines in AWS? Is that the way that those projects are becoming more successful? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. They, the POCs and things like that sort of uh, scenarios um, help the customer understand the value of what they're actually purchasing. Um, it's not just a case of kind of a finger in the air or on a whim that this is something that they're going to do, which a few years back, that's what that's what we had to do. It was nobody realized, really understood what the pressures were within the cloud, what what could you put up there, what couldn't you put there. Some companies did everything, learned that you can't do that, and had to bring things back to where it was beforehand. So having that POC and that that value around being able to test what you're actually going to implement and, and, and really prove that's the end goal and that's what you want, I, I think is, is really turning, helping turn that market around and turning how customers think about what they're doing as a solution. Oh, that's great, Mark. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, so, well, let, let's move on to um, to, to Mr. Cade and um, Michael. So, what, what's kind of the uh, kind of the number one challenge that you're seeing from your business customers? You know, what, what's the thing that they're talking to you about as their their biggest issue? So, I guess we've still got the uh, let's call it traditional the, the the people that are well and truly still using that virtualization that's on premises, and and they're still looking to how they can. Better protect that from a, a from a, an availability point of view. That's that's probably still 50% of my time is spent talking to them guys. How can we start backing up during the working day? We don't. We're moving away very much from that that backup window only being in the evening through into the early hours of the morning. Everyone wants to be able to back up throughout the whole business day. And and the, again, a lot of customers are 24/7 workloads as well. So. And then the other 50% is that these are the guys that are looking at um, SaaS-type offerings, Office 365 Mail, SharePoint, OneDrive, those sort of applications that they still want to be able to protect those, but also 
their own workloads that maybe bespoke workloads that they're pushing out into public clouds? How do we protect them? And I guess that's something from a Veeam point of view is we're shifting away from that. We used to be just that virtualization player where, where we back up VMware and Hyper-V workloads to now with our agents, with our Office 365, is being able to back up any any workload, regardless of where it is, and be able to still move that data into the required locations. And I guess on top of that, and I know it's your favorite topic at the moment, stringing, so um, is around like regulation. So people are starting, definitely starting, especially the bigger enterprises that we're talking to, started to actually now think about what their backup data is or what they are actually backing up, but also where that backup data resides. And I guess that that's the, they're the three main areas that I think I'm I'm seeing. Well, I read an interesting article actually on uh, Veeam's, uh, one of Veeam's blog sites today about security and uh, your data backups. Uh, and I thought that was quite an interesting take because, again, not necessarily something that uh, that everybody thinks about. Um, but but interesting what you just talked about there. We'll maybe come back to the, the thing about security and governance. But the idea that I think for lots of us in IT, we get very easily... Um, you know, very easily consumed by new and shiny. You know, we, we want to do the new and shiny things, whether that's a cloud migration, whether it's looking at data analytics, you know, whatever the new shiny bubble might be. But I think from what you're saying there, Michael, you know, you're still seeing a huge part of your time spent dealing with something that we might see as kind of almost the basics. You know, it's virtualization and, and data protection and, and maybe this idea of protecting software as a service. So do you still see... Um, a huge part of the IT industry is, or, or, or the business, you know, the, the, the business side of IT, where a lot of those organisations are still struggling to come to terms with with some of their basic requirements. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I don't know figures, but I'd, I, you'd be surprised. I think about the the number of companies, IT infrastructures out there that are still potentially running a physical server node per application type type workload or environment rather than the virtualization world that we've known for the last what 10 15 years so and I think there's still quite a few um, environments out there that are, are still running that that complete traditional legacy type type environment so, uh, so Mike, um, you know, uh, Mike Andrews, this is the, the, the problem with having two, a Mike and a Michael on the same show. I should have thought that through better. Um, but Mike, you know, you, obviously you, you talked about how in your role you're very much cloud focused. Um, so, uh, you know, bearing in mind what Michael's just talked about there, is that still a challenge that you see that maybe people are looking to make these migrations to, to you know, cloud environments, take advantage of a cloud service, but actually are still struggling to deal with kind of their, you know, the day-to-day -day basics of, of their IT infrastructure? Yeah, so I think uh, I think uh, Mike sort of mentioned early on, I mean, one of the things that we often see is that people are doing this traditional lift and shift um, without actually thinking about, do I leverage these services that already exist in AWS? And I think, you know, one of the overriding factors in the conversations that I have is that, that, that there's a there's a need to reduce costs, and, and that's quite a large element um, in, in these costs becoming quite a burden for them. So um, I'm, I'm certainly seeing that. I'm also seeing um, customers wishing to reduce their on-premises costs, reduce the amount of data centers that they've got as well. Um, that's a real, a real focus. So how do I move more workloads into the cloud? How do I make it so that I can still access that data if it's sat on-premises? On, on um, and then also, um, 
I'm seeing a lot of customers that have moved in the cloud. Um, we've seen developers take control of um, their environment and and build out the development environment on the likes of AWS. And when we when they come to look at the costs at the end of every month, it's it's astronomical costs. So talking to a lot of customers about how we are able to bring that agility actually of the cloud back on premises and, re and reduce the cost for the customer, but not actually to take away any of the the agile advantages that the developers have gained by moving to AWS. And you're seeing one of the things that might stop them doing that then is if they haven't got kind of the, the basics of their on-premises infrastructure sorted out, that actually we can talk about agility and doing things in the cloud, but, you, you know, the ability to tie those two things together just, just doesn't exist if they've not got the on-premises stuff right in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the reason why they went to cloud in the first place is because they became frustrated at the at the lack of that infrastructure being available to them, um, so it's important that customers, um, that or the IT teams that come from this traditional environment, understand and appreciate the reason why the developers went there in the first place, and then build an environment that that is actually a pleasure for them to use, um, but at a lower cost uh, and, and internal to to their own data centers, if that makes sense from a cost perspective. And Mark, I mean, you talked um, earlier on about, you know, the, the, the priority that your customers have, have got at the moment is this idea of migration to cloud. Um, I mean, how big a deal is it for, in the work that you're doing that, uh, you know, how much of the same thing that Michael's talking about, that people want to make these kind of investments in technology, make these technology leaps, but are actually still struggling to deal with, you know, some of the basics, be that around virtualization or data protection or, or just general infrastructure. I mean, is that is that something that you're seeing limiting uh, limiting their cloud migration projects in, in the way you're doing? Yeah, um, I, I, there's, there's conversations that can go both ways. Sometimes it is what they've currently got on on premises with with their their fixed solutions um not having the capabilities to or, or the scope with the technologies they have on site to easily migrate or move data and then the multiple different managements of uh, as such and management platforms that they have to use to build uh, to be able to manage the data across them um there's also the conversation around data protection and data protection comes up quite a lot within these conversations i've been having around cloud with customers um, because it always gets to this is great and we'll get his data up there and that seems the easy bit. And the next question is always, so how do we protect it? And how do we back it up? And if it's in the wrong platform within certain cloud providers, you can't back it up that easy. Um, there may not be any backup tools. If it's in object storage, for instance, within cloud providers, there's not always a backup tool. You've got disaster recovery capabilities because you've got three repositories of your data around different locations and different data centers possibly but the actual native backup is where you start to lack on um, and, and that deletion or that recovery of data uh, for long term you can't always provide that from a cloud provider and that's where you need certain other tools and uh, and, and and tools like, like Michael was talking about so from from Veeam and, and the tools that they have within that platform um, and where you can bring those into be able to back up those solutions as you move to uh, move to more SaaS-based products or SaaS-based applications, such as Office 365. Um, 
this this conversation, as I said, it comes up all the time. It's it's a case of it just you just have to break down each stage at a time. You get past the cloud conversation, which brings in the data protection conversation, and then there's the mix up between DR and backup and what those are. So we can go into those conversations and keep going with them with customers at the moment. Thanks, Mike. And and so, Michael, I mean, you, you know, you, you brought this point up. Um, so uh, you know, it, it, is that the what kind of work is it that you're doing though with with those customers then to help them to get those basics right? You know, if the, if you could, if somebody's listening to this now and thinking um, that actually, yeah, I, I understand that problem of getting the basics right, and I'm struggling with virtualizing my workloads and protecting them. I mean, is is there a is there a tip or a couple of tips that you can give them to to help them to start to get those basic parts right? Yeah, I guess the way I the way I've been like speaking to the customer, and, and this isn't really, or this isn't necessarily a, a beam like pitch for me either. It's it's about them taking a step back from what they've always done traditionally, whether that be spinning up their application servers on a fully full blown Windows server, just because that was the way that you did it on premises today in within vSphere or within Hyper V, doesn't necessarily mean it's the right for AWS or the Azure, and is there a better way? Or start just take that step back and say, how does how does this need to function? How do I need this to function? Whether it be the application, a database, etc. But also, why why are we moving it? So understand why. Like just if look, the C level guys ultimately they're the ones that pay our wages in in the business, and they're the ones that dictate. Where the, biz, where the business, the customer, etc. go. But just because they say there's an incentive to get into the public cloud doesn't necessarily mean it's right. So go away and understand more. Um, educate yourselves on why why the public cloud is a better fit for X, Y, and Z application. And then also what what is going to be best suited up there? Is it going to be cheaper to, to run this database as a service in a in a in a database type um, approach rather than having a full-blown operating system. And like that whole why, what, and how is kind of how I position that. In. And then once, we, once they've done that stepping back and they've gone, right, okay, we need to, we, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to re-architect this, this system to do this, this, and this. That's when we can come in and then start to have that conversation about, okay, so now let's, how are we going to protect that? How are we going to make that? Web server. How are we going to make that database? How are we going to do this and make it more or make it available or more available to to the business requirements? And that's really how we're positioning it. Yeah, it's interesting what you said because uh, going back to what Mark said as well earlier on, that uh, of course you know it's a very similar point in that this is about um, customers understanding or, or businesses understanding the end goal. You know, rather than just leaping in to technology for technology's sake, but understand why you're trying to get there in the first place. So, so that's, yeah, really good insight, Michael. Thanks for that. Um, so, so the one who got the uh, the short straw uh, and got to go last uh, is is Mike. So, so Mike, trying trying to come up with something new after we've had uh, had the other two guys come up with their kind of uh, number one things they're seeing. So, so what's the thing in in your role uh, that you're seeing? You know, what's the com- customer conversation that you're having in terms of the the kind of number one priorities that that you're seeing for for businesses in your work? Oh, I don't know about something new. Um... In terms of what I'm seeing, though, I'm I'm, I'm seeing um, customers um, wishing to reduce their overall costs, and I think um, it's very rare that we're seeing customers that are that have gone all in the cloud, that that are completely happy uh, with with the cost structure, they're completely happy with 
how things are architected. So I think so a lot of this first phase of moving into the cloud, those sort of customers are actually going back and revisiting um, how they architected things. So it's, it's, it's kind of, so I'm going over what um, Michael and Mark have already, uh, have already said, but I guess we're all seeing the same thing in, in reality. Well, that's an interesting point, though, the idea that um, you've got people who've started a, a move to, to cloud, you know, and I don't know whether this is maybe a, a mature part of a maturity conversation, but have started to make a move to cloud and are now going back and looking at re-architecting that because, well, because maybe they hadn't done or, or hadn't understood the kind of initial costs. I mean, is that what you're seeing, that, they, they you know, people have made this leap, not really understood the financial impacts of doing that, and then, but are now sensibly maybe stepping back, as Michael said before, stepping back, looking at what they're trying to achieve, but within that are, are understanding the economics of, of cloud as well. Yeah, so I, I think I think certainly from what I've seen, the the, the first phase of, of a lot of customers ha they have done that lift and shift, and they perhaps not reviewed the likes of RDS from from AWS, uh, where they can use that service uh, for their SQL databases, and you know, and, and maybe that's not right for them because it doesn't have some sort of features or capability that they that they need from a traditional database, but the majority of customers I would say have have, have not particularly looked into that in any great depth, have done a lift and shift and then are stuck with these high recurring costs. So what we're seeing now is we're certainly seeing uh, a request to review the, the cost of the service based on how it's deployed and then how they can re-architect that. And that might be a case that they, they want to bring some of it back on-premises or it might be a case that um, they can now leverage um, RDS, for, for example, in AWS to, to reduce those costs because ultimately, I think for the majority of static workloads, if you just pick them up and, and move them into AWS, it won't work out cheaper for you. And actually, what gains are you getting from an from agility perspective? Um, you, you're probably wiping away a lot of those um, typical gains that you would get from moving to a to a cloud a cloud model. Um, if, if you want to truly get those those gains, you want to move to a cloud type deployment as well. And are you seeing that um, that businesses now are starting to understand that a little bit more? That you know, just lifting and shifting what they've currently got and shoving it into the cloud for for once for a more technical term. But but are they starting to understand that maybe that's not the way that you get the best out of these kind of big cloud, you know web scale type infrastructures? And actually looking at what you need to be able to do and, and rearchitecting a little bit is is the route to go. Or, or do you still think you're seeing that that people's default position is, oh, can't I just take this and and give it to Microsoft or Amazon and and they'll just run it and it'll be fine? It, it's it's really a bit of a mix. What I would say is that um, in the last year the the customer knowledge of cloud has certainly increased whereas you know if i went back a, a year ago it, it certainly was that the majority of the the conversations that i was having that i was having uh, were around that lift and shift mentality but now as you as you have these conversations with customers they are certainly more knowledgeable and more aware of um the services that are available in in the hyperscalers such as aws and azure so i think there's certainly a a, a shift um going on um and and there's more focus uh, from a customer uh, viewpoint on making sure that they don't make um, those mistakes that, that others have made. And, and perhaps that's because, you know, they've already started that cloud journey and, and made those mistakes themselves, which has forced them into into reviewing these options. Uh, and what about you, Mark? I mean, are you seeing that as well? You know, are you, are you still seeing this kind of issue where, because I think it is certainly one of the conversations that we have that I think people like the idea of cloud migration, 
but have no real understanding of the economics of that move you know and is that is that still uh, it's still a challenge that you see that that people aren't don't fully appreciate how much sometimes a cloud migration might cost them yeah uh, I, I think i think i agreed with what mike was saying then as well in the way of it, it, it is a bit of a mix there is there's customers that we talked to that have kind of dabbled within the cloud i'd say uh, and they've, they've they've pushed certain workloads and the ones that have been successful is when they've moved applications out into the world. So, it, like I've said, the SaaS applications such as Office 365, they're seeing real benefit from that because they're putting the application out there and the data and they're utilizing it. Um, the ones that are, are struggling sometimes are the ones with static workloads. They they put it up they they put it up into a cloud provider and 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 they think they're gonna they're gonna save money, but they don't. And I found the real change over the last year or so um was say when i've been talking to to customers about it is that they actually ask the question now uh, a year ago it was kind of we want to go to cloud because it's a business objective we have to move to the cloud now businesses are actually seeing the costs and the people at the the, the c level as such within with a c suite within businesses and the and the executive executives within there they're seeing the costs of cloud and they're they're now questioning is it right for the business where beforehand it was kind of a brainwashing that the cloud is the way to go and that's that's going to save you money. Um, so I found because they're now asking the questions, they're questioning themselves, which is where where we go in as, as, as experts and, and consultants around around different uh, areas of, of technology, we can help help customers move into the right space and on the right journey as such. And, and what about you, Michael? I mean, are you seeing the same kind of thing? You know, you're still seeing that... Um or, or, or you know, is it, or is it changing that when you're talking to a business, you, you mentioned C-level guys a couple of times, but maybe that includes uh, you know experienced IT pros as well, that they are grasping some of those challenges. You now, whether that's economic or um, whether, and I've, I've seen some interesting stuff in this last week about the idea of availability of these systems. You know, so making sure you protect them, whether that's um, you know whether that's protecting a platform or infrastructure as a service or even software as a service. So, are you seeing that people understand that? You know, whether that's economic economics or the availability or is it still is there still quite a bit of education for for businesses to to kind of get their heads around this yeah, so definitely the education of the the dynamics of public cloud the costing etc is definitely more apparent out there more people know about don't leave machines on in a test and dev type environment up in azure we've probably all been burned by that um they, but yeah so yes, a lot more people have got more more education around that. They they understand that a bit more. They understand a little bit more about how to use the the public cloud offerings to to better suit that environment rather than their own on premises. But then there is still a huge amount of people that have their blinkers on. They're not interested in even looking at the public cloud. So they're the guys that could be benefiting from this this uh this public cloud offering and all the different services that you can get from from all of the the hyperscalers and and really it's yeah it's 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 those guys that we hopefully over time will will understand that benefit learn that benefit and then be able to start start looking into it yeah i mean so, so that's great stuff and uh, you know and I, and I think that's certainly um 
you know something that we're seeing a lot that the organizations probably still are not necessarily understanding the full impact of of that kind of cloud migration and not necessarily understanding the benefit of doing it as well um, but mark I, I, did you have another point you wanted to make as well yeah it, it was it was really to reiterate on what, what people said but it was also the one, one of the things that i didn't mention then was we keep going back to the same conversation really and what we what we started out with of that change of conversation what you wanted to do is the end goal and and, and that side of stuff because one of the things that I said earlier was about the, the static data. One, one of the customers I've been talking to uh, lately it is going to be beneficial about them moving static data. It's actually going to be more costly than holding it on 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 some on premises kit. But the benefit to what they're going to get out of that data by using analytics within the cloud, that's where they're going to start to see the savings. So again, you're changing that conversation and. Because that's changing, the cost element, as, as you said, as you were pointing out, then the value of what being um, of what they're going to get and the benefits they're going to get from the cloud is making making sure businesses understand that and going to the end goal and then working your way backwards is is, is really the the point I've, I've been trying to get or I've been trying to get to cost, across to customers uh, over the last few months. Yeah, that's certainly. I think listening to the three of you, you know, I think the same thing has has kind of come back there that. Um, like with any IT project, like with any project, I suppose, in business, you know, the idea that understanding that end goal and fully understanding the implications of that move, you know, rather than just accepting that the way that um, the way you do stuff now is the way you should do that in the future. And, and maybe the only difference being, oh, I'll put it in the public cloud rather than run it on prem, uh, you know, is, is not the way to get the best advantage of both these new new and emerging technologies as well as getting the best advantage for your business. So so I think you've all made fantastic points there. So, so well, to wrap this up, really, what I wanted to be able to do was just kind of get a little brief idea of the kind of next thing that you think that uh, the kind of the next business challenge that you you expect people to focus on um so i'll do this in the opposite direction though so uh, so rather than mike having to think of the last thing he can think of the first thing this time so so mike i mean based on what your the conversations you're having with customers and maybe your view of of where the industry is heading i mean what do you think is the next thing that business is going to be focused on uh, I don't know if it's necessarily the, the next thing. I mean, I think it's happening already, but I think one of the, the, the main focuses I'm seeing with, within customers is um, the use of the use of analytics. So I know Mark mentioned uh, the analytics services in, in the hyperscalers, and certainly I'm, I'm seeing seeing the same thing. So um, even even down to likes of the NHS, you know, we're, we're seeing um, them wanting to be able to use these new technologies, um, machine learning, etc., to be able to look at patterns within um, uh, scans to be able to identify um, rare types of illness uh, much quicker. So I think these sorts of capabilities that you know they, they've now got access to um, because of the cloud, I think you know that's where I'm seeing a lot of the conversations turn to to be able to drive more value from the data. I mean, I can't agree with more with that. I think that's, you know, certainly the the next area that we're seeing people start to focus on as well is this idea of, you know, getting value from that data and and, and how they get there. But um, how they get there is maybe a conversation for a, for another show. Um, Michael, I mean, are you seeing anything different, or again, is that the kind of area you're seeing uh, seeing your customers focused on? Yeah, more insight into into workloads, more insight into how we're protecting protecting data but I think one of the biggest things just to go back onto that whole public cloud adoption and as well as or bridging the gap between the on-premises solution that we've known and loved for the last 10-15 years and now moving or even longer but virtualization wise but 
that the whole bridge. So I think well, VMware kind of they announced last year at, at the VMworld they announced VMware on AWS. I think we're going to actually start to see that become generally available at this year's VM, uh, VMworld, and I think that that's going to allow for those people that are stuck in their ways, if you if you will, that are using using vSphere on-premises because it works for them, but they they're kind of sheltered away from the the bigger the bigger IT world that may may give them more opportunity to to be faster to bring something else to their their company to make their life a lot easier from an IT perspective. Um, this the whole VMware on AWS. Obviously, we don't know I don't know too many of the details on it, but I think that's going to encourage people to understand more about the public cloud and how we can use it from a Microsoft point of view. We had Azure Stack. That's again, it's going to bring that on-premises cloud-like play in into the hands of the the traditional on-premises admin architect, if you will. So I think that's I think by the end of the year, maybe in a year's time, when we come back on and speak to you, Stringy, that's I think we'll be talking more about how people have adopted, how people can use the public cloud in a much, much more economical but efficient way as well, rather than ramping up those those big bills because you think it's the right right way to go to put all your backup data into into um, Amazon S3 or Glacier, and suddenly it's cost costing you a fortune is start, people starting to actually use it for for good and for for better returns on that so do you, do you see that actually more of a, an industry challenge you know so you're seeing a you know so you're you're talking at this as a, a kind of an it vendor as veeam um you know are you seeing that as something for the likes of veeam to do better you know you're seeing a gap for businesses they wanting to take advantage of cloud services but actually the leap they need to make uh, is is a big one and and the bridge doesn't exist you know is that is that actually more of a challenge for vendors like yourselves to say let's make that transition easier let's make that integration between what we've got on-prem and what we've got in the cloud more seamless so that people can more more easily take advantage of this is is that how you see it yeah i guess yeah exactly that i think vmware have absolutely done that as well in that they've buddied up with aws they're both going to benefit from that that situation because of where they've come from there you're looking at the the biggest virtualization vendor for on-premises solution and the biggest public cloud provider in and they've teamed up to, to bring this and I guess from a Veeam perspective is it's about we've been pretty successful in what we've done but to that on-premises virtualized workload if we can offer the same usable sim- simplicity to, to and scalability to those those workloads whether they be physical workloads whether they be that virtualized platform the the, the movement wherever wherever that data does reside or wherever that workload resides being able to protect it is is i think our our key to to how how veeam then accelerate into into the next part of this availability message being able to protect those different workloads across the across the park uh, thanks mike yeah i think that's that's you know i i agree i think that that 
that job to simplify that that transition to some of these new technologies is is a key part for both vendors and for people who work in kind of IT consultancy as, as myself and Mark do you know it's to, to make sure that that transition for customers is more straightforward and and more simplistic um, and and what about yourself Mark you know what, what are you seeing as kind of the next stage for your customers you know what's a what do you think is the thing they're going to be focusing on for the next 12 18 months um, I don't think this. Is, I, I think this is something that some customers have already started, but um, and it, it kind of overlays onto both uh, both Mike's and Michael's point um, is automation. So a- automation seems to be moving more and more in that direction. Or, or, or when I say automation, it's not automation. Sometimes of how data is managed, how tools are brought into. There's, there's lots of different types of automation to benefit customers or, or, or provide value to businesses and. It's not to take away jobs as such. It's to make job make, make businesses work more efficiently. Um, this automation can move from anything for how uh, someone does their job from a day-to-day basis, but automation out into how's data managed between different. And, and this leads into Mike's comments about data, using the cloud for what the value is for the cloud, moving data into the right places, and every and, and that side of things is automating those processes, being able to move that data between those different cloud platforms from an on-premises all the way in, into whichever cloud provider you require at the right point for that data. There's automation around analytics, um, and there's conversations I've been having around that, around things like IoT and how data is actually collected and that automated process of where do they actually, what do they do with that data once they've got it. And I think that, that sort of subject matter, we've been talking about it for the past 12 months really, probably a bit more now, and there's a real push in a lot of the vendors around this. Um, with the conferences last year, there was there was sections dedicated to automation and and the term of DevOps and and those sorts of uh, those sorts of creation. But I'm I'm actually starting to see those conversations come to a bit more fruition now. Uh, I think last year was it was kind of a, a bit like what cloud was a couple of years ago, bit of a whisper. You came up in conversations, but nobody really took it to that next step. And I think that's where automation is a lot of the time with the customers that I'm speaking to today is they want to kind of see what it can do and how it can benefit their business. And and the cloud, analytics, everything like that, these are all part of being able to make that, that, that simpler automated workflow. Oh, that's great stuff, Mark. And and um, you know, I think that's a, that's a great way to kind of uh, you know wrap up the conversation, guys. Look, I'd, I'd really like to thank you for your time. I think that's been some um, some really interesting insight actually into kind of where uh, where we're seeing the IT industry and you know and, and some of the challenges that businesses are having right now um, uh, and some of the things, some of the ways they're looking at uh, having technology help them solve those and some of the problems that technology is probably introducing uh, into into the mix as well. So, but that's that's really great insight. You know, to say do do appreciate your time. So thanks for that and um so you know i'll just go down the line one more time so if people do um you know do want to contact you find out some of the stuff that you guys do online or find out a little bit more about you and, and some of the work that you do uh what what's a way good way to catch you online what's a what's a good way to find you mark um i'm on twitter at uh, at mark Carlton 1983 oh no sorry at m Carlton 1983 so you're gonna have to cut that bit uh, no, I'm, gonna leave, again. I'm gonna leave that outtake in for everybody to listen to. Oh, thank you very much. And then uh, I'm also a blog on uh, just switch it on and off.com. Uh, which is still a great name for a blog, and I do wish I thought of it. Uh, Michael, how are they gonna haunt you online? So I'm at, at MichaelCade1 on, on the Twitters, and my blog is vzilla.co.uk. 
And uh, and Mr. Andrews, uh, how can people stalk you and find out your latest uh, latest information? Yep, so I'm on Twitter, uh, which is Trekking Tech, and I also blog at uh, trekkingtech.com. All the trekking techs, all of the time. That's what I like to hear. Um, guys, all well, thanks very much for your time. Much appreciated, and uh, look forward to speaking to you all again very soon. Hope you enjoyed the show. For show notes, you'll find us on techstringy.com. We also find all of our previous tech interviews episodes. Next week, I'm joined by four more panelists as I get their take on the key challenges facing business IT. So to make sure to catch the show, why not subscribe? You can find us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on Stitcher, or all the good homes of podcasts. So until next week, thanks for listening. Thank you.